falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. Falling in love with Jesus Falling in love with Jesus Falling in love with Jesus It's the best thing I've ever done In his arms I feel protected In his arms never disconnected In his arms I feel protected There's no place I'd rather be Never disconnected In his arms I feel protected There's no place I'd rather be Falling in love with Jesus Falling In uh, Luke chapter 11, it says this. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I really feel like God is reminding us today in this scripture of our open invitation that we have to ask Him to help us with things that we need. You know, in scripture, God, uh, He makes it clear that He is a good Father, that He's good at what He does, 
that he has good things for us and that he has good plans for us. And he also makes it clear that he wants us to just simply ask. And, you know, we don't find any kind of limit on how much we can ask or there's no expiration date on the invitation. And uh, what if we asked with the knowledge that there's no limit of what we could be asking for? And what if we were just one prayer away from receiving a miracle or uh, seeing a family member come to Christ? What if we were just one prayer away from having a life-changing encounter with Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we come before you boldly today as your beloved children. And we just say, God, you are good. We believe you have good things for us and we want to see you move in our lives. Father, give us boldness, give us creativity to ask, Lord, and to believe, to come with expectation in your character and in your goodness to respond and to respond well. Thank you, Father, for the way that you are fathering us in this season to know your goodness and of your resources and your provision. We thank you, Father, and we're excited to see what you'll be doing with us this year. In Jesus' name, amen. The small group is like where the conversation happens and where we get to know more of the day-to-day -day life of each other and what it is that we're fighting for in our own lives, what it is that we're walking through or going through or hoping for or trying, you know, and we can encourage each other in it and we can pray for each other. Um, okay, yeah, I'm Vern, Veronica Lamb, um, but most people call me Vern at church. Almost every time I've led a small group, it's been with John. And so we've always done a justice-oriented um, small group. We just attract those people and want to be around those people that have a justice heart. And so we've almost always um, partnered together in our small groups. And so we started this one right in the middle of the pandemic this year. Right now what we're doing, and I think it's really cool, we meet online. It, works kind of nice because he's got small children I've got small children so we can get our kids to bed or we can still spend time with our family you know we can have like family dinner at home and then we start the small group and then again we can still get off to like tuck our kids into bed at night I appreciate that we're doing a deep dive into Ephesians currently because Ephesians God's been speaking so much to us about it so I feel like for those who don't have a home small group right now they feel like that they have this heart of justice it's been a difficult year it's been a difficult year like relationally for so many people and especially for us that have a heart of justice where we like see things frequently as right and wrong and we can sometimes get a little riled up about what we think is right and wrong and what other people are doing like Ephesians has spoke so much to our hearts. So we started doing a new thing. So we typically, when we practice hearing from God, it's always for somebody else. That's like how it's been for like 15 years of John and I leading groups. And I 
felt really called, particularly during this season, to do more of like a meditation with God. And so I've been leading the group through like practicing a stillness and connecting with his presence. So it includes like visualization and like feeling it. Yeah, we would love to have you join us. If you'd like to know more about this or any of our other Ohana groups, check out our website at www.bluewatermission.org and click on the Get Connected tab. Any of our Ohana group leaders would love to talk to you. Hi everybody, I'm Kwok and let me tell you what's going on this week. Well, tonight is our annual prophecy service and it's a really cool um, service that we do. Now, why should you come? Well. What we do at Blue Waters, we love to operate in the supernatural. And the prophecy service is really one powerful way that we do that. But we, uh, a lot of the prophets, the major prophets in our church, will hear from the Lord and really call out someone in the, uh, in the audience and really share what's on God's thoughts and, his, and, his, and it's on his heart about you. Now, that sounds a little bit intimidating. You've never done that before, but why? Why would you want God to call out things? Would he call out something kind of dark and mysterious? Most of the time, no. It's always gonna be something that's very edifying, as in 1 Corinthians says that. It's gonna be benefit for you, and when it benefits you, it benefits the rest of us. So it's really to build you up. Something about your character, something about your true identity, something about freedom, something about what God has in store for you in the future as well. It's gonna be really, really cool. We'll start off with some worship, and then we're gonna dive right into in, um, giving prophetic words. So I encourage you to do that. Now, if you plan to come, please register. Okay, register online so that we can accommodate to make sure that we have enough space for everyone with social distancing and so forth, okay? Please bring a mask and bring your own seating, like your own chair, okay? So we wanna do that. Let's have fun tonight on Sunday evening. Let's continue our worship with our tithes and our offerings. This is a time when we can just trust the Lord with all our resources, because the truth is it all belongs to him anyway. So let's bless him with that. So um, you can give in two ways. One, you can even give uh, online through our website, or you can mail it in okay, to the office. And the information's on the screen. Now let's pray for our families, okay? So let's pray, let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask for your blessing over our families, our children, and our parents. Lord, I pray, Father, for a spirit of peace to fall on each and every home. God, through this really challenging time in this season that many of us will remember for the rest of our lives. But Lord, I pray, Father, that we also will remember your goodness in it all. Lord, that I pray that you'll strengthen our families, bond us so tightly together because of all the circumstances, that we can trust in you and everything and our provision. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Jordan's grandmother, who has been uh, the strongest pillar in his life, his whole life, she's 96 and she's, um, she's, she's on her way to heaven. She's, it, she's close and she's um, really struggling and it's a really tough time. And I got a, a text last night from Sonia asking us to pray. Um, and I was just going about my thing. I had all kinds of stuff to do, but I just like, it just undid me. And I just felt like the Lord said, go out on the break wall um, at the entrance to the channel. And the waves are like crashing big right now. So I knew it would just be um, me out there, you know? And I just went out there and I just like bawled and, and um, I put worship in my ears and I was just singing my guts out and for them, because Norma's been such a dear friend to me. She, she, I've spent like, one day a week with her for years and 
Um, so I definitely am sewing in tears um, for, for these guys because I just love them and so, so awfully hard right now. It's awful. Um, so I kind of feel like that's, I'm kind of sewing in tears and I, and I know that like she, she is saying when she's lucid, she's saying things like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I'm like, yeah, you are going to be welcomed there in the most, the coolest way ever. So, um, but I know too, that for Jordan, it's going to be really, really hard. Not just, you know, like straining really hard and the tears being related to that, but kind of related to what you shared, Julie. It's things that we are, that we care so deeply about. I think that's part of what makes the sewing powerful. You know, it's things that might feel like we're just beating our head against the wall, but it's the stuff that we're truly committed to and pouring ourselves out to. That eventually, even though it might be very difficult in a number of different ways, um, a harvest is going to come. You know, the, the process of sewing to me just feels like such a mundane and just like really backbreaking thing that no one really wants to do, but you know, they're doing it day in, day out for, for the promise that it's going to pay off. All right. The reading from today is uh, the reading for today is from Psalm 126 verses five and six, but it's only six verses, so let me read the whole thing. This psalm was written in history at the time that the book of Daniel ends, by coincidence. We've just finished a sermon series on Daniel. Uh, the exiles uh, from Jerusalem that had been held captive in Babylon get to return to Jerusalem, and one of the returning exiles wrote this psalm. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. It's those last two lines that I want to focus on today. He who goes out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves or carrying harvest bundles with him. Uh, great psalm, short, easy to memorize. Uh, it's a song of ascents or a song of celebration. When you would approach the temple to make sacrifices during the festivals, uh, you would sing these psalms uh, spontaneously with the crowd as you walked up to the temple. Um, I take the psalm as a meditation on what it's like to emerge from tough times. Uh, this happened at a point in history, like I said, when the Jews had been released from captivity. At least some of them made their way back to Jerusalem in order to re-inhabit and resettle Jerusalem. And there are actually a few different books in the Bible about that. Um, and, uh, and this psalm uh, is just, a, it's a recording of a celebration. Uh, 
uh, of, uh, from the people who managed to return. Not everybody made it out of captivity. Not everybody even wanted to go back to Jerusalem, but some did. And, and the line in the psalm is, when we returned, it was like we were men who dreamed. Like, it's like we were dreaming. Like, I can't believe this is real. I can't believe we actually made it. Have you ever had one of those seasons in life? Like, man, I can't even, can't even believe I made it out of that season. That's incredible. And it turns into a very a fortunate and uh, happy, joyous time. Uh, that's what the psalm is about. Meditation on what it's like to emerge from tough times. Or you could say a meditation on what it's like to emerge well from tough times, uh, because sometimes you emerge not so well. The main point of the psalm, and I think we read this in verses 5 and 6, is that <clears throat> you can emerge well from tough times if you sow seed during the tough times, right? Uh, those who sow during times of grief or times of tears, the psalm tells us, will reap with songs of joy once the season turns. See, eventually in life, the season is going to turn. God is going to see to that. And whether or not you emerge from it well, whether or not you make the turn well, is going to depend on what you sowed during the tough season, what you sowed during the sad season, or if you sowed at all. So those who sow in tears will eventually reap a harvest with joy. Those who are able to do positive things, godly things, who are able to plant seeds of joy instead of seeds of bitterness during the tough times, well, they're going to reap a really good harvest eventually. Eventually, the Lord will see to that. Uh, that might be hard to believe if you are in a tough season, if you're in the midst of grief. It's always hard to think that, well, if I sow some good things now, it's going to pay off later. Um, it was hard for the Jews to believe if this psalm is telling the truth, because even they were like, well, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a dream. You know, it's hard for me to think that this is real. It's hard to believe that fortune can come out of hardship. That's, that's really hard to believe. Uh, it's hard to believe that light could come from dark or, or that joy could come from grief or that wisdom could come from confusion, you know, that uh, we could learn lessons that will make us wise and deliver us eventually. It's hard to believe that love could emerge from isolation loneliness, and it's hard to think that fruitfulness could come out of disappointment. All right, why talk about all of that today? Well, uh, I got a news flash for you. We have been in a fairly tough season around the world. I don't know if you've been keeping track, but it's been a little bit challenging. It's been a little bit challenging for a good year now for everyone, uh, and it's been challenging in a whole bunch of different ways. It's been challenging public health-wise, it's been challenging politics-wise, it's been challenging uh, social relations and race relations-wise, it's been challenging economically, you know, it's just a, a bunch of different ways. And if you were to name the characteristics of 2020, um, you probably wouldn't name very many good things. You know, it was a very disrupting, it disrupted all the pillars of society. Um, it destroyed a lot of dreams. 
a um, lot of missed opportunities because of the shutdown uh, and all of the capacities that were taken away from us over the last year. It's been a very fear-based season, right? A lot of scare tactics, not just about the virus, but just about everything, right? Every time you turn around, somebody is telling you to be afraid about something uh, and to trust them. Um, there are, uh, it's been an angry season, and I think uh, over the last year, there have emerged uh, new and more powerful ways to be criticized, you know? Um, lots of uh, new political correctness out there. Um, it's been impoverishing. Uh, it's been impoverishing economically. A lot of us has lost jobs, lost savings, lost plans, lost investments because of what's happened. It's been a very re relocative season. I'm not sure if that's a word, but dozens of people have had to move away from our church, maybe move to the mainland or back to a, one of the outer islands uh, because of their job situation or economic situation. And that's very disruptive. It's been isolating, right? Because we've had to shelter in place and a lot of us haven't even gotten to shelter together in place. Uh, it's changed the mode in which we relate to people. And, and in a way, I think that might have been the most inhuman part of 2020. You know, it's just, it's attacked our connections. You know, we've seen all those iconic pictures or heard of those iconic situations in which some elderly person is dying in the rest home and the family is not even allowed to get in. You know, that's an intense example of a sort of situation that a lot of us have experienced over the last year. And it's been a hugely frustrating season, right? Because, you know, your, your freedoms have been taken away. Your capacities have been taken away. Your self-direction has been taken away from you. Uh, and, and you've had no say in it, by and large. Uh, and that wears on someone, it wears on a spirit over time, doesn't it? And of course, it's been a sad season. You know, there have been all sorts of losses, the sort of losses that I have mentioned, plus, you know, a lot of people have died. Um, a lot of uh, families are in grief. Uh, as a result, the season has been very fatiguing and very defeating. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this as 2021 rolls around, and I can't really see the season ending quickly. I don't mean to be a downer, um, but I don't think like, you know, like the shutdown is really just gonna go away like that, even though the vaccines are starting to come out. Now it could, and maybe even it should uh, go away quickly. Um, I'm not convinced that the most powerful policymakers understand exactly how the, how the virus uh, is passed or who is really most threatened by it. But policymakers have chosen their weapons and their approaches uh, to our problem, our problems today, and they've committed uh, to their their tools and their approaches. And and no one wants to be the person that rocks the boat now, right? No one wants to be the person that goes out on a limb. Nobody wants to be the policymaker that makes the mistake. Um, so I think the only question is, you know, how how long are we going to continue this? It is certainly going to continue. And it's one of those things where the longer it goes on, the longer our shutdown goes on, the longer this season continues, then the longer it will have to go on. Uh, because, I mean, 
by now, we've sort of re-engineered society in some ways. Uh, you know, we've re-engineered socially. We've certainly re-engineered economically. We've re-engineered politically in ways that I don't think people are even beginning to understand yet, but, but which I think are pretty clear. There's a lot of momentum behind uh, the shutdown and everything that goes with it because it's been going for some time and it's a big mass. A lot of momentum behind it and things in motion tend to stay in motion or depending on how you apply the metaphor, things that aren't moving tend to stay not moving. And there's a lot in life, probably a lot in your life that just isn't moving very well. Um, and a potential reaction to this sort of season is to just stop life, right? To just stop progressing uh, or, or to simply concentrate on surviving. You know, eventually the season's gonna turn. I'm just gonna hunker down. I'm gonna grit my teeth. I'm gonna get through it. Um, and it's really easy. It has become incredibly easy over the last year to give up on things, I think. I think that's kind of another, another pandemic. Like it's just become really easy for people to give up on things. Uh, and, and I don't want blue water people to be like that. Um, it's gonna be a transformative time for all of us. It has been a transformative time. It's gonna bring a lot of transformation into the lives of all of us. But which way will it transform you, I think, is an important question. Will you come out of this season and eventually the season will turn. Will you come out of this season stronger, wiser, more able to influence the people around you? Or will you come out of this season you know, weaker, more cynical, and less kingdom oriented? You know, there's not gonna be much middle ground, right? We're all probably gonna go one way or the other uh, because there's so much transformation uh, in the air. <clears throat> I've been uh, telling a story about an old uh, vision that I had at the start of Blue Water. Uh, I've been sharing it a bit lately. I will share it again here. Uh, it's uh, the, the vision of, of what I came to call the Blue Water Traveler. You guys have all heard this recently. Um, I was uh, on an airplane flying back to Honolulu uh, from a ministry trip about the time that we were planting Blue Water about 11 years ago now. Um, and, and God just gave me a vision as I sat there in my airline seat, eating my little pretzels. Uh, and the vision was of uh, someone parachuting into a jungle. And then when that person landed in the jungle, they just immediately made a little clearing and got to work building things. And I understood immediately in the vision that it was a picture of someone building kingdom things, like building kingdom ministry. And I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Jordan, uh, if you do this church really well, uh, then the type of person you're going to produce is this type of person. A person that you could just drop into a jungle anywhere in the world, and when he or she hit the ground, they would start doing the kingdom right then and there. They would just start building something kingdom-oriented for whomever happens to be in the jungle around them, you know? Uh, and, and that's a powerful sort of person. I mean, imagine being the sort of person that could just parachute out of a plane somewhere on earth. And, you know, and if you landed on firm land, you would start building the kingdom the moment that you touched down. 
That's I would say a lot about you. It would say a lot about your character. It would say a lot about your capacities. Um, and and for a decade, I've been meditating on what goes into a person like that, a person so powerful and so constructive. Uh, and I kind of boiled it down to about four things. There are different ways that you could categorize it. But obviously, that person needs to be gloriously independent, right? Because for one person to parachute into a jungle and then hit the ground and get to work, I mean, that is the definition of a self-starter right there, right? That person needs to know what he or she believes for sure. That person needs to uh, be convicted as to kingdom intention for sure, no matter what the circumstances or pressures may be. That is an independent thinker. That is a, a person who can think for himself, herself, and, and, uh, and work uh, for himself or herself. Obviously, number two, the person needs to be what we call around Blue Water a trier, right? Um, not just a believer, but a trier. Very different things, very different things. And we talk about this a lot of Blue Water, so I probably don't need to explain it very much. Believing is easy. Following through on what you believe in a consistent way, okay, that's the game. That's where the money is, and that's where all of the faith is. Because faith is not what you believe. Faith is what you do with what you believe. And the first part of doing is trying. So faith is all in the try that person needs to be a great trier. Number three, that person needs to be a people influencer. You think about like dropping into the middle of a jungle, you don't know anyone, you don't know anything about anyone around you, but if you're gonna build the kingdom there, you just need to have a knack for influencing people wherever you are. If you're in a jungle, if you're in a forest, if you're in an office, if you're at a school, if you live in a neighborhood, you're going to want to be able to influence the people around you and to do it consistently and urgently at all times because that is kind of the call in our life to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, to be fishers of men, etc., etc. We are supposed to be people influencers, so you're going to want a few tricks in your bag, right? You're going to, you're going to want a few disciple questions in your pocket. You're going to want a few you know, provocative conversation starters. You're going to want the ability to serve. You're going to want, you know, empathetic appreciation of what people are going through so that you can find windows into which to insert truth and love, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to need the knack for influencing people. And then fourth, finally, obviously, you're going to need to be able to listen to God. You're going to be able, you're going to need to be able to hear God for yourself directly, you know. Part of that will be through scripture. Part of it will be through the spirit of prophecy speaking into your heart and mind. But you got to be able to follow the spirit on your own. You're going to have to have confidence in your ability to hear the Lord. All relationship is based on communication. That's what I'm told. Relationship with God is based on communication too. And he's not a dead God who doesn't speak. He's not a a God of stone or wood. No, he's a living God, and, uh, and he can be fairly talkative. Uh, although I have it on good authority, he is actually an introvert. As are all reasonable people. 
anyway, I mean, uh, th that's just the way I organized uh, thinking about the sort of person I'm talking about, you know, a person who's, who's, who's gloriously independent, who's a trier, who's a people influencer in some way, somehow, and who listens to God, hears God for himself or herself. Those sorts of qualities are always hard to find in people. You know, and they're, they're fairly rare qualities. But more so in the season that we're in, in the world, I think. I mean, you think about it. Think about uh, just the ability to be independent, an independent thinker and a self-starter. I think that has been under attack in society uh, probably for quite some time, and in a lot of places around the world, it's been under attack for a long time. But I think the attacks have ramped up in this season uh, because it's just been a heated season. It's been an angry season. It's been an incredibly judgmental season. It's been judgmental politically. Our behaviors get judged intensely right now because everybody's operating in fear, right? Um, you know, how dare you not wear a mask? How dare you wear a mask? You know, it's uh, there's just a lot of judgment going on and there are a lot of pressures to conform. And just, I mean, I think it's gone up by an order of magnitude. Independence is not what's being encouraged in the world today. Um, but it's a huge kingdom virtue. You know, the ability to zig when everyone else zags. So that's gotten harder, I think. Uh, there's been, I think, an attack on trying you know, it's harder to be a trier now than it was in 2019. Uh, and, and one simple reason for that is because all of our uncertainties have multiplied, right? The future has gotten very unpredictable. We don't even know what the world is going to be like next week. It's hard to make plans and it's hard to motivate ourselves to follow through uh, because there are so many uncertainties right now. The big weapons of chaos, we always say, are vagueness, delay, and distraction. Well, the future has gotten way more vague recently, right? Because we, uh, nobody has any idea, and every month we do something new. A delay has increased because we've been on hold for a whole year. Everything has been forcibly delayed, and, and that can really seep into the marrow of your bones. And then distraction. Well, we've got more anxieties right now than you can shake a stick at. And um, like I say, uh, they're probably not going to go away anytime soon. So... You know, if you're going to be a trier, you got to really work at it right now. People influencer. Well, to influence people, you need modes of relating. And our modes of relating to people have shrunk over the past year, right? You can't just hang out with anybody you want anymore, right? You can't have a meeting. You can't go to church uh, in person. You can't go to your Ohana group in person. You, you, you may not be able to go to work in person or to school in person, or if you do, it's very truncated and restricted. So, I mean, we've taken a big hit in our connection. So, it's, so you have to be more inventive about the way that you influence people. On, on one hand, people, I think, are needy, and so there may be some opportunities to bring good influence and love and truth into people's lives. On the other hand, people are angry, and people are scared, and that could throw up some additional barriers. Uh, so there you go. And think about listening to God in this season. Well, the reality is you should be able to listen to God in any season. Uh, that should not change uh, because the, the modes never vary. Um, but if you are struggling with stress right now, for any of the sorts of reasons that we've mentioned, uh, then maybe you're not hearing God as well as you should. 
because nothing filters out the voice of the Lord more than stress. Sometimes we call it anxiety, and sometimes that feels a lot like doubt, which is different than faith. And faith is the thing that helps you to hear God. Speaking of stress, there's a siren right outside the church office window. And we're going. So today, uh, I just wanted to uh, reflect on, on some of these things. Uh, uh, to remind you that we're all in this together, for one thing. To remind you that we're all going to come out of it together, uh, for another thing. And also to remind you what... Uh, Blue Water Mission is trying to accomplish in your life and in every life that is involved in our little community uh, and for anyone you would like to gather into our little community. I think it's a great time for gathering right now. Uh, we are trying to make you into Blue Water Travelers. We are trying to make you into the sort of person that could jump from a plane, land, and do the kingdom, build community, build love, build justice, gather in. That's the sort of person we want you to be. Uh, one of the great tools for doing that is community. You know, we want to build a group of people, but we want it to be a group of really powerful individuals so that nothing can ever stop you, so that context never trips you up, so that seasons don't throw you off very much. That's been the sort of person we've been trying to make from the very beginning. And it just so happens that it's the kind of person who's even more valuable in the world today, given everything that we're going through. Uh, we'll use community to do it. Like I say, right now, some of our community tools have been restricted, obviously. Um, we're trying to be creative, but, um, but in the end, the product is you. I want to make you a fisher of men. I want to make you salty. I want to make you light. I want to make you a blue water traveler. I want to make you, you, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're about, more so now than ever. So as we enter our second year of this crazy season, uh, this shutdown, uh, with only a little light at the end of the tunnel, uh, this is probably a great time for you to think about you. I'm inviting you to be self-absorbed. Uh, how are you doing? Check. How do you want to be doing? Often a great question. Do you still know what you believe? Uh, I'm not being funny by asking that. I mean, that's very serious because I know how deep the pressures have been. Do you still know what you believe? And very closely related, do you still know what you believe in? Do you still know what you believe in in terms of your kingdom calling, the Lord with you, the values of the kingdom? Do you still know what you're supposed to do? Do you still know the things that God would have you do? and the things that God has specifically called you to do. You still know? Are you keeping track? 
And are you still doing them? Or have you just stagnated out to nothing? Really important questions to ask right now because it's time to sow, right? Because it's been a tough season. And if we sow during tears, if we sow during tough times, then we will invariably reap a joyful, magnificent harvest when the season turns. You might even get some early returns on the harvest. You might even get a, a trickle of blessing even now. If you sow appropriately, and what do I mean by sow? Uh, well, you know, to sow means to do everything you can do right now, right? If you're a farmer, uh, there's one point in the year where all you can do is stick seeds in the ground. That's what you can do. You can't harvest yet. But you better stick the seeds in the ground, right? It's everything that you can do in this moment. So what do you want to sow into? Do you want to sow into community, right? Do you want to sow family? Do you want to sow friends? Do you want to sow salvations and evangelism right now? Uh, do you want to sow uh, prosperity? A lot of us are going to need that, uh, you know, and it's fine uh, to, to, to go for that. How do you sow prosperity right now? Uh, how do you sow mission right now or mission launch? Maybe you can't do everything that you want to do, but there are some parts of it you can do and therefore you must do right now. Otherwise, when the season turns, well, then your sadness will just continue and multiply instead of you having a harvest. Uh, so figure out what you can do right now and do all of it. Do everything that you can do right now. That's the key. That's the key right there. Uh, because this is a time for powerful, powerful sowing. And then we're just going to have a powerful, powerful harvest. It will be like, it would be like a dream. Maybe like it's hard to believe what has come out of this season. You following me? That's how it's going to be. That's how it works uh, with the Lord. And that's where the church is right now. Uh, what we're going to do uh, in this sermon series over the next uh, four or five weeks or so is we're just going to talk through these things. You know, how are we going to sow into this? How are we going to sow into that? What does it mean to be, you know, an independent, trying um, influencer, not a social media influencer, but an actual influencer uh, who listens to God? Um, and... Uh, and it's going to be epic. Uh, Father God, uh, we, uh, we pray uh, for many psalms, many songs of praise uh, as you release us uh, from cap captivity, uh, from the things that hold us captive, and release unto us uh, the harvest that you have in mind. We pray even now, Lord, that there would be enough harvest, that there would be enough manna in the wilderness to sustain the journey. Uh, but Lord, we know that this season is not forever and that it is meant ultimately unto fruitfulness. We're sure of that, Lord, because we're sure of you. Uh, I just pray for our flock, for our community of Blue Water Travelers, that we would not lose even one, but that in fact, like the herds of, of Jacob during his sojourn in a foreign land in a tough place you would multiply our flock 
through miraculous interventions. We pray that you would gather into your fold lots of powerful individuals who will have fruitful lives. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was a really good word from Jordan about paying attention in this season to what we can be doing to sow seeds and move through it in intentional ways to really be doing important things and not just let the time go by. If you've never grown anything, it's actually not that difficult, but you really do need good soil and you need healthy seeds. Um, I'm actually growing an herb garden on the dock next to my boat, and I've tried to do that before and it hasn't worked, so this must be the season. And it's so fun. My food is so much tastier, picking things and sprinkling it in, and even my cat Willow loves it. So I encourage you this week to spend a little time, quiet down, center down, spend some time with God, and see if there are seeds that um, maybe you're there in your pocket and there's some soil around you and it's time to, to put them in and start tending to it. Um, maybe you're already sowing things and you need some encouragement along the way. Our Ohana groups are a good place to explore this stuff and move through these things with folks. And um, there is a world full of tremendous need with all the turmoil around us. It is the season for us to be the ones who bring the good things, the kindness, the love, the joy, um, the running hard and doing it together. So I encourage you, there are seeds that you have that our Blue Water Ohana needs, that our community needs, that our Aina needs. Um, so I, I bless you to spend some time in that this week. We have a prayer line and it's a group of wonderful folks who are seasoned at this stuff. And if you need prayer for anything today, even for um, what we've talked about in the sermon today, or if you need healing for something or you're going through something tough, they are wonderful. So email me, I'm Julie, Julie and Blue Water, and um, we'll have somebody call you. Bless you this week. Aloha.